Hi, I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said. Well, hello there. This is Polly, and you're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy so that we can do the work that matters and live the lives we want to live right? That's what it all comes down to, right? Waking up in the morning excited for the day ahead. And yet life can be pretty uncomfortable. That is a sure thing, right? Things are always coming up, good and bad, challenging and curious that we haven't prepared for or we've never done before. But those are the things, the things that make us a little uncomfortable that also, in my mind, make life an adventure, make it kind of interesting. There are always times when I want to be in the routine for a while, right? After a particularly hectic time or when there have been a lot of changes in my life. But after a while, that routine just gets stagnant. And the only way through is to get a little uncomfortable, Chances are in the routine, you're a little uncomfortable anyhow, because this is not an easy time dealing with the pandemic and learning how to work in this new world and financial and political challenges and climate change, all these things. There's enough discomfort to go around in the world, but I think we can get through it easier and I think we can embrace the adventure of it. Those of you who follow me on my notes, Polly Campbell simply said notes on polycampbell.substack.com, which is free. And I really go behind the scenes more on how I apply this stuff to my own life, uh, get a little more personal about what's going on in my own life. But a few weeks ago, I talked about going kayaking. It was my first time in a little inflatable kayak. We were out on a lake and the beach was packed with people. It was a very warm day. And so everybody was on the side of this lake. And uh, I was pretty uncomfortable trying to figure out how to get into a kayak. It was not an easy thing. And everybody was on the beach. I felt like I had an audience. I'm not the most graceful person on the planet. And I was a little scared. I'm in the water. I haven't kayaked very much. This was a new thing to me. I also felt exhilarated, not necessarily about climbing in the boat, although I have to say I figured it out, a little practice, right? Sometimes that's all it takes is a little practice. But when I was out there paddling around, even though there was an edge of like discomfort, a little fear, a little anxiety, there was also a whole bunch of exhilaration. It ended up being a really fun thing to do and a really fun day. And discomfort can be like that for us. If we can push outside of our own comfort zone, it can be pretty fun. Sometimes, of course, the things we have to deal with, a new diagnosis, a job change, an end of a marriage, that can bring a high level of discomfort too that isn't so fun, a pandemic. Here's the thing though. It's how we think about it and how we relate to the uncertainty and discomfort in our life that determines how well we'll go through it, right? So whether I'm talking kayaking or a job pitch I am going to give in a few minutes to make me feel very uncomfortable, it's the same principles that we need to get through it. And it all starts with a decision. If we decide to embrace the discomfort, we're going to do better in our life. And there's lots of research 
to back this up. A recent study from Cornell University looked at various degrees of discomfort and found that when we are most stressed or facing a new challenge or heading into unfamiliar circumstances and uncertain about what's ahead, our beliefs and our thoughts and our circumstances can make us feel overwhelmed. But when we embrace that stress and those feelings, when we stick it out, when we view those feelings as part of our learning process and discomfort as part of our growth and expansion, then we do better. We experience greater motivation. We learn more. We even become healthier and less stressed, according to Caitlin Woolley and Eilat Fishback. Caitlin's from Cornell University. Islet is from the University of Chicago. Right, they looked at 2,163 adults. I'm always interested in the numbers these studies have. 2,000 adults, over 2,000 adults, were evaluated in five different studies. So they were put in improv classes, which is very uncomfortable, right? They were asked to journal. They were asked to explore issue-oriented and related challenges such as political positions that they didn't necessarily agree with. And they were asked to look at information about the pandemic. Those groups who were encouraged to embrace the discomfort they felt about any one of these situations tended to be more open, more engaged, more motivated, and more persistent. They were able to hear the important information they needed even though it was challenging for them to hear. So they learned something. For example, if they were put in the group where they had to confront issues that maybe they didn't agree with, if they embraced the discomfort, actively embraced it, by noticing, I'm uncomfortable with this, I feel uncertain, I feel stressed, I feel uncomfortable, when they actively engaged with the discomfort, they were able to take in new information that helped them in their lives, even if initially they didn't want to hear it or didn't agree with it. The researchers call this cognitive reappraisal. And what does that mean? That means people can associate new meanings to the discomfort they had even before they experienced it. So I'll give you an example. If you tell me I'm going to be taking an improv class or you tell me I'm going to be sitting in a seminar where people are going to be talking about a political candidate that I do not support nor even like, just thinking about that makes me uncomfortable right now, right? The improv, I think, would be kind of fun. Like my kayaking, it was something I was motivated to do to learn about, but I was really uncomfortable. But sitting in a political rally where the candidate I am against is speaking nonstop, that, the thought of that makes me very uncomfortable. However, I can, even before I go, sit in this moment and say, huh, but it's interesting I'm being just uncomfortable with that. It's, it's interesting the level of discomfort I'm feeling. What could it hurt? I'll just go and listen. I'll get curious. Maybe I'll learn something. And already I'm opening my mind in a way that will help me grow so that I can deal with any discomfort better the next time around. So that I can learn that being uncomfortable doesn't have to be a big deal. It's simply uncomfortable, right? Instead of being something we have to fear, something we need to shut off or turn away from, we can view discomfort then as an opportunity 
It can be a chance at growth and a way to boost our motivation and our expansion and engagement in life. And that is what creates better feelings, less stress, and greater physical health. That is what helps us live with greater health and well-being. So that's a good trade-off because here's how I think about it, right? There is always going to be discomfort. There's always going to be a degree of uncertainty. There's always going to be something I don't know, something I need to learn, or situations that I fall into that I never expected. But if in those moments I can identify this as a growth opportunity, not something to fear, but something to get curious about, I'm naturally going to do better. And when our stress levels are managed in this way, we also get all those other coping mechanisms, that creativity, that agility, that empathy, all those other things we need to really be successful in life. Plus, we feel better. Okay, so this is an interesting study because my mom growing up, she would always used to, this is character building. Whenever I was in a, a difficult or uh, uncomfortable situation, she would always say, hey, that's okay. This is character building. And every time she would say it, I think, I don't want any more character, right? <laughs> I don't want to build any more character. I am through this. And I know that to get that sentiment, we can be fatigued by the degree of uncertainty and discomfort we're facing in our lives. But at the same time, it's coming for us anyhow, because we are dynamic individuals living in an incredible universe. Things are going to shift and change all along. When we learn to deal with that discomfort in a new way through the fancy term cognitive reappraisal, then it doesn't have to be as scary or stressful. Sound good? So how do we do that? I'm going to tell you how and we're going to talk through it. When we come back right here on Polly Campbell, Simply Said, on the best business network of Electrocast. And welcome back. I'm Polly, and you're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said on the Best Business Network of Electrocast. And on this show, we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And today, we're talking about weathering discomfort because that's part of it, right? It hasn't been just the last two years, right? Life is filled with uncomfortable situations, challenges, things we haven't experienced before, and they all present some level of discomfort. But researchers have found that when we reappraise those situations, when we define them differently, then we can find meaning and growth and opportunity where in the past we would have found stress, unhappiness, discomfort. Instead of being something we have to fear then or shut out or turn away from or ignore, we can view it as an opportunity. And simply by doing that, we will do better. Not only will we thrive with those uncertain moments, but we'll activate all those other skills that we have, persistence and optimism and creativity and curiosity. We'll activate all those other skills we have to help manage our stress and do better throughout our days. So that's what I'm going for. How do we do that? All right, let's talk about it. Really, what is cognitive reappraisal? It's changing your mind. We talk about it all the time on the show, but I call it reframing, right? It's the act of looking at your circumstance a new way. Now, we all know that life is a black and white, but our thoughts become very rigid. We become stuck in a, a pattern 
of thinking or stuck by antiquated beliefs and we replay the same thing over and over. I'm tired or I can't figure this out or I'm afraid or this is never going to work, right? What if you change your mind? What if you go into that same work situation? You've got a new boss and that's a little uncomfortable because you're not sure what's going to be happening. Instead of sitting there and saying, oh, I don't like change or this is going to be really hard or change is hard. What if you sat in that uncomfortable moment, took a few deep breaths to calm yourself and said, oh, this is going to be really interesting because new supervisors always bring some fresh ideas and that might create an opportunity for me. It's the same situation, right? The circumstances around it haven't changed, but how you are thinking about it and talking to yourself about it are now different. And that will change everything because it helps you establish new thought patterns. It helps you see opportunities when before you would have been closed off to those situations. And that's going to be popular with a new boss too. But it's going to make you feel better in the moment. When we are under stress and we are ratcheting that stress up by how we think and talk about the situation, then it can make the situation harder for us to deal with and a much more negative experience, which can contribute to chronic illness, burnout, colds and viruses, and just overall bad feelings. Cognitive reappraisal or just changing your mind. Reframe the circumstances, okay? Another thing you can do is journal about this. You can write your feelings down on the page. I'm feeling really nervous because I got a new bus here or I'm feeling really nervous because I'm about to hop in a kayak. (laughs) I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And there's 5,000 people on the beach watching me, right? Whatever it is. What is the expression or reason behind the nerves? And how are you feeling about that? Years ago, I took a ukulele class. I signed up for it willingly, like some crazy fool girl. Signed up for it. I never wanted to go, not one week, but every time I walked in and got there, I was fine. It was just walking in the door. I felt such anxiety and upset every week. I had to remind myself. So I journaled, why am I afraid of this? I like I like doing it, right? But I was afraid I wasn't good enough, which I wasn't. And I was afraid I was going to embarrass myself in class. As soon as I recognized that, who cares, right? Nobody was good. It was a beginning ukulele class. We were all very terrible and we thought we sounded good. So I worked through it, but I had to get to the root of what was bugging me. And I did that on paper. I'm a paper and pencil kind of girl, you know, paper and pen kind of girl. So I like expressive writing to get to the source of a problem. When I'm feeling uncomfortable or upset, Uh, I usually start at the surface, well, I'm mad at my husband, or it's because I haven't received the check yet. But getting down underneath is really where writing helps me to express myself, to realize that, you know, I'm not upset at my husband. I I got my feelings hurt, or I'm disappointed in myself, or or I'm anxious about the money because I just paid the big bill. I'm not afraid that it won't come in. So journaling, writing out your feelings, take about 20 minutes. Research shows that 20 minutes is kind of the magic number. And just leave it all on the page. Your uh, discomfort and the stress around that and let it go. Get up, get started, right? Because we're not looking at ending the discomfort. It's not going to go away. Life is going to serve up these moments. But if we can change the way we look at it and see it as not so threatening, we'll do better. 
Another kind of counterintuitive way of doing this is to prepare for the worst. When I was waiting for test results um, about a cancer diagnosis, I prepared for the worst. Now, did that mean I, I stayed in bed all day and lamented how I was dying? No, I never once did that. That's not my nature, and I don't think it should be yours because that keeps us stuck. But what I did know is if the cancer had spread, fortunately it hadn't, and I'm well today, so thank you, thank goodness. But what I had to do was prepare to have childcare if I needed to start treatment the following day. I needed to prepare my work schedule so I could still get the work done around the appointments and all those things. That's what I did. I prepared for the worst. Did I expect it to happen? No. Was I hoping it didn't happen? Of course I was. I didn't want to have a long cancer treatment. And I fortunately didn't need that. But by preparing for the worst, it helped me feel a sense of control. I had the childcare set up. I had my job schedule arranged. I had things in place if the worst happened. So I could alleviate some of the stress. When we are uncomfortable, often it's because we're feeling uh, out of control. We don't know what's going to happen. We've never been in this situation before. And that can ratchet up our discomfort and our stress. By controlling the little pieces that you can control, not in a rigid kind of way. Remember, be agile. Be be able to move with changing circumstances. But when you can manage the things you can control, you'll feel a little more sense of control and autonomy. And that is good for our mental health and our stress levels. In this process of dealing with whatever discomfort you're experiencing, whether it's from a ukulele class or a cancer diagnosis or everything in between, it's essential that you know how to relax yourself. In fact, I think this is essential to all of life because life is stressful. Even the good things, right? Even the good things come with a certain amount of stress of doing something new. So find a relaxation method you can deal with. The simplest one, the most effective one for me is deep rest. Take five of them. Slow your roll. Turn off your phone. Don't look at the computer. Don't be reading an email. Sit straight up and take deep breaths until you see your belly moving in and out. So you take a breath in, that belly comes out. That means you're activating your diaphragm and then blow it all out (sighs) until you have nothing else left, until you feel deflated and flat. Do this five times, nice and slow. What that does, even if you're not feeling it in in your head yet, even emotionally yet, is it changes your body response. It deactivates that fight or flight response that sends a whole bunch of biological things happening through our body and raises our stress level, even without us thinking about it. So a relaxation exercise such as deep breathing, slow and sure for a count of five, there's lots of different strategies. I I don't make it too hard. Uh, Five count is fine for me in a comfortable way. That deactivates that biological functioning that fills our body with stress hormones and makes us uh, really reactive just by our nature. So you want to short circuit that a little bit. Deep breaths can help. Meditation uh, is really effective. Five minutes to an hour a day, whatever it is for you. I meditate in the morning. Often it's very, very short. It's more like a mindfulness exercise where I can feel my feet on the ground. I begin to notice my thoughts. I get in touch with my body and my brain. So I remember who's in charge, right? So I'm just not at the whim of all these thought patterns that are going through because what happens when I'm stressed out, what happens when we're all stressed out or uncomfortable is those thoughts race through our bodies and our systems 
and change our behavior and change our biochemistry and change our emotions and our feelings often without us noticing them. I want to be in charge of what's going through my mind and meditation or a mindfulness exercise can help as well as a deep breathing. One way to do this is to just sit up straight, put your feet fat on, put your feet flat on the floor or put your fat feet on the floor, however you want to do it. And notice how your body feels. Notice your environment, the air around your fingers, the breath in your body, the light coming in, what it smells like, what it tastes like. Just really root yourself in your senses and really ground yourself in your environment. When you're doing that, when you're all tuned in to all five of your senses, and that sixth sense too, that intuitive hit, that intuition, then it's very hard to be stressed out because you're so present to this place in this moment. It's really relaxing and it really helps diffuse uh, rising stress. Okay. So those are a few of the things we can do to calm ourselves in the times of discomfort so that we can reframe our circumstance and grow into the discomfort, see it as an opportunity rather than a liability. And finally, training right? Practice these things and also practice the thing you're being called on. Often we can learn to get better. So life hands up a bunch of stuff that maybe we haven't encountered before, but you know, I practice getting the kayak a bunch of times now. So I'm feeling much less uncomfortable than I was the first time. Next time I go, it'll be a lot easier because I practice. If you have a big work performance or a presentation to give, practice, 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 right? As a writer, writing is all about the revision. I'll get something on paper and then I'll change it and then I'll revise it and then I'll practice again and practice again until I get it just right. Give yourself do-overs and keep practicing whatever it is that you can that is the source of your stress today. You know, firemen have to race into burning buildings or respond to car accidents where people are in crisis. And they're always so calm and cool. When I did a show a couple of years ago called Everyday Courage, that researchers like, because they trained for that. They go into burning buildings in their training and they practice with the equipment and they respond to intense situations and they practice and they practice and they practice. So as many things as they can that might scare them or make them uncomfortable or stress them out, they've dealt with before the actual incident. So it's not a surprise to them. Now, we can't solve for everything in life, right? Things are going to come up. Things are going to happen. But when we have our relaxation strategies practiced and, and apparent, when we meditate regularly, we, when we've practiced the public speaking presentation that we're going to give or gone over the agenda items in the meeting before we sit down with our employees, the big feelings of discomfort, those feelings of uncomfortableness are going to be mitigated to some degree because we've trained and we've planned and we've managed some of them. Okay? Make sense? There's lots of ways we can deal with our feelings of discomfort. Instead of being trapped by them, we can rethink them, reframe them, and recognize them as what they are. An opportunity for growth, for learning, for connection. This is a way to engage in our lives by doing the things 
that make us a little uncomfortable or responding to things that get sent our way with a more growth-oriented focus. One more quick example, when I got the, the melanoma diagnosis, I got real curious about that. I'm a writer. I figured this is something that I didn't know much about. It was an opportunity for learning. And I created some great opportunities uh, for financial gain and learning for myself that has been used to help other people as well right? So we're going to get plenty we don't want in this world. And we're going to have an opportunity to experience a lot we do want to have great ukulele playing or kayaking or trips or school or whatever it is for us, new jobs. But life is filled with plenty of discomfort. When we are active in dealing with that, when we find ways to manage the discomfort that comes from something new, some uncertainty in our life, then we're going to deal with it better and create opportunities where before we only saw stress. We can do this and it's going to open up our lives in ways that are going to be satisfying and interesting and fun. And that's what this should be about, right? That's what I'm working on. If you want to learn more about the ways I work through some of this stuff, join me on polycampbell.substack.com. Buy my book, You Recharge, wherever books are sold. I'd love it if you picked up a copy of that. And remember, deal with your discomfort. Come to terms with it. Recognize it's a part of what we do and reframe it. And when we do that, we will all live well, do good, and be happy. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here. And I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Check out.